Hello, I'm Assistant Head of School for Academic Affairs, Stefan Eady, and welcome to the Darlington Podcast. Today, I'll be talking with our World Languages Department Head, Christy Baldwin. Thank you all for joining us. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more. And Christy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. I'm looking forward to uh, getting to uh, share your background and uh, some more information about the language department with all our listeners today. So let's just get started and tell us a little bit about yourself. You haven't always taught at Darlington. You've got some history prior, so maybe start there. What was your beginning in education? Well, I started teaching when I was in college in Mexico. So I went to the Universidad de Guadalajara and I taught there for a couple of years. I actually did a teaching assistantship at Agnes Scott College immediately after that. And then I came, uh, when I came to Rome, I was teaching at Rome, uh, with the Rome City Schools. I was an English as a second language teacher there for six years. Then when my kids were born, I left for a couple of years and then went back to Rome Middle and became a Spanish teacher. So I taught there for 20 years before coming to Darlington nine years ago. So you are a proponent. We get to interview a lot of new people that come to Darlington together. Um, And uh, one of the things you like to talk about is how great Darlington is. Thank you. Uh, It's (laughs) always good to like the school you work for. Um, And I imagine some of those thoughts must have crossed your mind at the point you were looking at Darlington to be a teacher. So what what was that experience like? What what made you think about coming to the independent school here in Rome? Well, both my kids were attending here, Darlington, for three years before I came here. And, um, and I had seen their progress and everything, and I was really excited to have the opportunity to come somewhere where I would be able to get to know all the students that I was teaching and actually do a little bit of individualized education for them, even though we had the setting of a class, just because Darlington allows me to get to know each of the kids that I'm teaching and then teach to their strengths and help them with their weaknesses. So what grade was that that you started here? Um, what grade I, levels were you teaching? I was teaching eighth grade when okay. I first came. Okay, gotcha. So now do you, can you think back to uh, that first year? Like what are some of your memories? Like did, did, it, did it, any surprises? Did it live up to your expectations? Uh, what were the differences? My first year I, I had a lot of uh, rowdier students that I expected. I expected to come into a, an independent school setting and just have a group of kids that were sitting there, sitting there ready for me to just give all my knowledge to. And I found out that I had teenagers. So that was a, a kind of something that I, for some reason, I just didn't expect. But it was a lot of fun. I love the advisory program. I was pretty surprised when they gave me a group of girls because I've only raised boys, so I didn't know what to do with girls. I don't know what to do with drama. So that worked out pretty good because it was like drama started. I'm like, "Mm -mm, we don't do that here because I don't know how to deal with it. So that was pretty exciting. Um, I also uh, started coaching, which I had never known before coming here. And that was also another area that I found so good for creating those relationships with the kids. The first time that they mentioned we were going on a school trip and we were gonna have 50 students with us, I thought this is a nightmare. And now is the part that I love and look forward to in my school year 
because it is a great opportunity for us to get to know the students and for them to actually get to know us as people. So it's a great part of it. Nice, nice. So, all right, quick diversion. You mentioned uh, your two boys. Uh, they went through school here. They're, they're now graduated um, and often successful and happy. And <laughs> Caleb is a senior at the University of Georgia. He'll be graduating in May, and he's looking at graduate school. And he, I don't know, knock on wood, he might be another teacher. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. And uh, Eli is a junior at Duke, and he is right now studying abroad in Madrid and traveling every weekend throughout Europe. So it's exciting times. Yeah, very good. And you're still here. And, and I'm uh, still here. And so. your role has uh, evolved <laughs> over the years. Um, so let, let's move ahead just a little bit. There's lots of things we can talk about, and we will talk about, because uh, you do lots of things here. Um, but let's, uh, let's fast forward just a little bit. Uh, we're talking about uh, your department head role in particular today in the language department. So let's fast forward a bit to when you took over that role. Um, do you um, remember how you found yourself in the department head role? Like, how did that come about, and, and when was that? So I had been teaching here uh, for a few years, and the, the person who was in charge of the department was leaving. And we had just started with this new program that includes the acquisition-driven techniques and a comprehensible input and utilizing readers in the classroom instead of textbooks. And I was so worried that in searching for a new person, we were going to encounter somebody who was grammar-based, old school vocabulary, lists of vocabulary that students had to memorize. And I did not want to go back to that. So I said, let me throw my hat in the mix and see what happens. Tell me what all it entails and, and how to lead the department and make sure that we keep this program. Because I believe in this program and I believe that we should be graduating bilingual kids. And that's the direction I wanted us to go. Okay, let's, let's talk about that a little bit then. So uh, some of the differences here, um, maybe versus, not other places, maybe just versus what some of our listeners might assume a language program is like, probably based on their experiences being students in the past. So think about the curriculum here, maybe even more importantly, the teaching approach, philosophy that we have. You just you just tapped into it, but let's go a little deeper. So what is it about, what is it, how do we teach Spanish? Like what's that that's different than most people would expect? So when we, when you're a student in a Spanish class, we start by talking simple sentences, simple questions, utilizing um, something that is called a super seven, seven key verbs that help you communicate ideas. And then we pick a topic based on maybe a book that we find that would be interesting for the kids to read. So as we are um, talking about utilizing this key vocabulary, the students are getting the vocabulary in their heads just by sheer repetition, whether it is that I say it or all of our teachers in our departments say the words many times, or they're reading that in the text that they have in front of them, or they're having to write about it. So there is never a list of words that go home for them to sit down and memorize. There's never a grammatical point for them to memorize. It's just simply exposure to the language. And by exposing the students to the language, just like infants learn, all of a sudden it starts clicking and they start saying it. So pronunciation and spelling becomes much easier when you realize every letter has one sound, unlike English, and one letter that, that represents every sound. So it's a lot easier for the kids to be able to express whatever ideas they have 
in the new language. So in my Spanish classes, there's always a lot of personalized questions. Students are talking about their lives with the language that we're talking, that we're learning, or they are comparing anything in their lives to whatever it is that we're reading. Also, we're taking some of the skills that they're learning in their English classes and utilizing them with Spanish. Different types of formats or essays that they're learning to do in their English classes, we're trying to integrate that into Spanish. Their language is simpler because they don't know all the words they know in the English language, but they can express the same ideas. Yeah. So it sounds like a lot more natural language acquisition rather than the, the memorized, the, I, well, I didn't take Spanish, I was French, so it was écoute or répète, and you know, uh, write down your conjugations and those kind of things that I imagine a lot of our listeners would, would remember. This is more uh, experience it. We really do. There is no listen and repeat in class, like hardly ever. Only maybe when a word is difficult to pronounce, so you want the kids to actually hear it and be able to pronounce it. And there's also not of that um, learning about Mary who lived in this place and she did this and she did that. It's just the students' lives come into play in everything we do. We just don't want students to grow up to be the adults that say, I took three years of Spanish in high school and I don't remember a thing other than, hola, buenos dias. They will, they are, even at this point, they are able to express ideas, simple ideas, but even in Spanish one, they're able to express themselves. Yeah, and it, it seems to work. Um, <laughs> you know, so even for me, like observing just some natural examples, like I love it uh, when I'm at flagpole in the morning. This is our um, community three through eight time. We start off every day at 7.50 around the flagpole together. And you will at some point and someday stand up and begin to say things that I don't understand <laughs> in Spanish, Espanol, to everybody. And you get... You get the react. You get a reaction. Like they know what you're saying, and it's just astounding to me. Um, and that also creates an interest in the lower grades of the students, or those that do not. Uh, they're not. I don't know if "advanced" is the word. They have not had as much exposure to the language that they go. Ooh, I want to understand what she's going to say. So number one, need to pay attention, and number two, I just need to start getting familiar to what it is. Right. And that's the only requirement in class. Pay attention in class, then you don't even have to study for a test. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> I wish I'd had that. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit more about the department. Spanish is the primary language, the only language, really, mm -hmm. that we teach here at Darlington. Um, uh, Spanish, unlike some of our other core departments, um, you are the department head across all grade levels. This is pre-K through 12, right? Uh, and we start teaching Spanish. Right in pre-K. Right in pre-K. So yeah, that's so, so talk us through maybe the grade levels and, and the, some of the people in your department. So we have um, we have our program that does start with our little pre-Kers, and at that time we have the phenomenal Andrea who is working with um, the little children to start presenting them with their world. They're talking about themselves. They're learning about themselves. Similar things that they're learning in the pre-K curriculum but they're learning it in Spanish. That's the best age to start learning a language because it just comes so natural. The brain doesn't even have to think about it. It's just happening. And so she works with them from pre-K to fifth grade. And somewhere along their second grade, they begin reading books too. 
So not only are they learning to read in English, but they're also learning to read in Spanish. Sometimes she might read to them, sometimes they might read on their own, but we try to keep literacy at the center of everything we do. As soon as they're able to write, then we're also incorporating all that writing into their, in, in Spanish. And then we do a lot of, uh, well, Andrea's doing a lot more of the letter sound correspondence, which then helps them a lot with spelling as they grow into our program. After fifth grade, they come into the program with Ashley Evans, who teaches um, sixth and seventh graders, plus the students that are new to us. Because we do have students that join our program later on, and so we have to give them an experience that will allow them to be successful. We couldn't put a brand new student in the same class as students who have been with us since preschool. And so then we start talking more about topics that are a little more complex for them the more advanced that their language is. So she starts talking about uh, the esca escaping from Cuba is one of the topics that, that, we, that we deal with in the class. Um, going to visit the Mayan pyramids, the C Spanish Civil War and uh, its relationship to World War II. So we explore all kinds of subjects, all kinds of historical events and culturally appropriate situations for the kids. So it's not just your Cinco de Mayo, which mostly everybody would know about, but it's actually things that are culturally, culturally appropriate throughout all the Spanish-speaking countries. So from Ashley, they come to me, and uh, I teach mostly eighth graders. I do have one class of seventh graders, and we just keep getting deeper and deeper in the language. Every book we read is about a different country, it's about a different cultural event. So by the time we send students who have been with us in um, the program here at Darlington from the lower levels, they go on to a Spanish three when they enter freshman year at the high school. So our program at the high school, we have four phenom phenomenal teachers. We have um, uh, Kimberly P Kimmy Pichardo, who is helping us with our Spanish one students, so those students that are brand new to us and are coming into the program and their Spanish 2 class for those students who either were with us for the first time in middle school or um, also come to us from other schools where they've had exposure to the language. And she, again, continues with the same idea, totally different books and different cultural references. And she, of course, brings her flair, her experience, everything that um, she has also had, her process of learning a language and into her classroom. Then um, we also have Mario Cantin from Colombia, who we hired this year, and who is also helping us with our students in Spanish 2 and 3. And he's again bringing his native language and culture into his teaching. And um, <clears throat> we have Lissy Hamontree, who is from Mexico, and she's also bringing in um, a lot of her experiences learning English into her Spanish class because she understands the struggles the students are going through. And finally, we have Carmen Gonzalez who is taking care of our um, advanced students in the AP program or a post-AP cinema class. So now they actually get to sit there, they watch movies, and they discuss in Spanish the things that whatever has to do with the movie or the cultural event that they were discussing. That's great, great quick overview there. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot that we could talk about. That was that was a quick one. There's two two interesting points. Just 
from my perspective, that might be worth highlighting. Number one, I think it's a great example in general of Darlington's approach to curriculum. Very skills-based, like that's our priority. And you can hear that the Spanish is very skills-based, but uh, the content is woven in there very strategically to not only practice our skills, but to give that fundamental context that we want our students to come away with this broader understanding of the world they're in, which I know is part of uh, not only the goal of the language department, but it's, it's right there in the portrait of a graduate, uh, you know, gaining empathy with others and, uh, you know, getting that international sort of um, understanding. Uh, so that's really cool. And it's just, a, like I said, just a really great example of how it all fits together and shows that, you know, it's, there's this Darlington way uh, that kind of is part of what makes us special. We, we definitely emphasize the global citizen, creating in them a sense of they are citizens of the world. And so we try to bring as much of the world into the classroom as we can. So whether it's from the pre-K-5 students that have Andrea, who's from Venezuela, or, you know, Ashley and I in middle school, or who's Ashley who's traveled to Spain, Peru, she's been also several, Costa Rica, other Spanish-speaking countries. Everybody has some experience other than just their own experience um, that they bring into the classroom. Well, and that was the point I was going to make next. So you, you listed the seven <laughs> teachers that are in the department. Um, if I'm counting right, five of those teachers are native speakers. Um, you know, another teacher you mentioned, Kimmy Pichardo, uh, used to work here before. Um, she lived in the uh, Dominican Republic for a few years. She taught in Japan for years. Just these, like you said, broad ranges of experience that are coming into this world languages department that uh, I think it just makes it a really great opportunity for students to learn. Absolutely. I mean, our, our goal besides the language is exposure to all the different cultures so that to create in them that little bit of curiosity so then even after they leave us, whether they go to college and study abroad programs or travel just for vacation, they can bring that into their lives and just and broaden their experience of the world. Right, and as department head, I think you built a great team. Your team seems to work together really well. You all meet, you collaborate. Um, it's very clear that you, you know, you have, you know how, the, how we teach language at Darlington. It's come not just from you, but from years of development, but you've got it. We know how to train. We have two new teachers this year. You, you knew exactly how to get them into the groove of uh, how we want you know, our teachers to teach students. So it's a very consistent experience too, I guess is what I'm getting at. That is, that is what we try to do. We have a phenomenal department and we love to keep this department for many, many years to come. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when we were looking for teachers, I always said I want happy teachers who know their content and who are excited to be teaching the students, whether you have the student that gets it on the first try or the student that's going to struggle through the process but eventually get it. it I mean, we have every kind. There's every kind of person. Uh, don't teach me science or math because I'm not there. So for every student, we're trying to find that which is going to make it click in their head so they can use it for communication. And we, we really we, we try in our meetings, okay, I'm having this issue. How can we help? And we all brainstorm different things. So I love that we're able to collaborate like that. Um, you, you hit on this almost a little bit ago, but uh, tell us, like, what are your hopes for your language students? Like, what are the goals? Like, what do you, what's the end goal or accomplishment that you're, that you're searching for? So if I could go back to the way I used to teach, 
I used to have the students that I thought, oh, this student is going to go and do a bilingual job. And I would meet them and they would go, oh, we had so much fun in Spanish, but I don't remember a thing. I don't ever want to hear that from many of the students we have in our program right now. I want to hear from our students that they are going abroad, doing study abroad programs, whether it is in Spanish-speaking countries or in other countries, and that maybe they encountered something we talked about. Maybe that they're in a history class and they're discussing something with one of the countries that they learned in Spanish class. Maybe that there's a topic when they're talking about government and it brings them back to something we discussed in Spanish class. I don't want Spanish class to be the subject that nobody sees relevance for, but that this is actually where they learn a little something extra that they might be able to bring into another one of their classes. I really believe that we can graduate students that are close to bilinguals. Research shows if we can get them to the level that we're teaching here at Darlington, then they can go on their own and continue their bilingual journey. And that really, I mean, like I said, my goal, change the world. That's all I got. <laughs> you say that to me a lot. I'm like, okay, all right, I like it. Let's, uh, where do we start? <laughs> we start in pre-K. Exactly, exactly. We're just getting everybody, you know, if you're interested in the language, you're interested in another culture, no matter what you go to do for a job for the rest of your life, if you keep this in your back pocket, it'll come in handy. Great. Well, thanks for that. Um, all right, so let's talk about a few other things real quick here as we finish up. Um, so faculty members at Darlington, they, they wear lots of hats. Uh, we all do. You're no exception. Um, you also wear multiple leadership hats. That may be a little different than some. Uh, so you're also the 6 through 8 team leader. So pre-K to 8, Thatcher Hall has got a teams by the grade levels, pre-K 2, 3 through 5, 6 through 8. You're the team leader. So tell me a little bit about that role. Your department head, yes, but this is another role. Uh, so tell us about that role, what that means, uh, so what that team does. Something that is super special here at Darlington is that the middle school team meets together once every rotation. And we sometimes are just, again, brainstorming ideas of how to reach students and how to do different things. Sometimes it might be a skill or strategy that, you know, we are sharing for the the whole group to um, start trying to implement. Sometimes it's just brainstorming different things. But as a team leader, I get to bring, you know, in our meetings is not just information, but it's like it's skills. Hey, there's this activity. Hey, this there's this strategy. Let's give it a try. And sometimes I make the teachers be like my students and I also have them practicing different things. And sometimes it's one of those places where we can actually just talk and collaborate. Oh, in English class they're doing, you know, they're doing, a, they're writing an essay. Well, maybe I can bring some of those skills in my class. Or in history class they're learning anything about historical events that I can bring then into my class. So all of us collaborating can talk about different things. And I love that, you know, I can take any math concept and science concept, basic concepts, of course, but we can mm -hmm. talk about those even in Spanish class. They're reading To Kill a Mockingbird in English class. Well, then in my class, we're looking at it in Spanish. And they realize that they can also understand it. It's just one of those things that by having those moments to collaborate with one another, I know I personally learn a lot from other teachers and I can see and we can always incorporate different things from other classes. And I think it helps the students to see that we're all on the same page. It's not like, well, we do this when we go to this class, but we don't do it in another class. 
it's like, oh man, all the teachers are doing it. Yeah. And that's just from conversations and collaboration. Yeah, it's also interesting because I think it gives you all multiple dimensions in, in knowing your students, right? So you, your, your, your team helps to broaden your perspective about each student so you get to know them better. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so as part of the 6 through 8 team, uh, you're department head, you're the team leader, you also teach. <laughs> so you're, you've told us about those classes, 8th grade primarily. Uh, but there's other things you do. The 6 through 8 uh, team is very busy, the students are very busy. So uh, let's talk about some of the fun stuff like clubs and exploratories. Like just tell us about a few of those that you, you've been able to sponsor. Just give us some color. So in my exploratory is cultural connections. So again, I get to introduce students to con more countries of the world, not just the Spanish-speaking countries, and different um, connections that they have to us, whether it is historical connections or different situations where they have American influence in those countries. So that is a great experience, which will lead to our capstone project. That's something we're piloting this year, but I'm really excited. It's our first step towards changing the world. <laughs> and then um, we also have the clubs. And for the clubs, we try to do something that the kids are interested in, and then we're their sponsors. So throughout the clubs, I love my cooking club. And we, you know, the kid, the girls in this in my club. I just had girls, but they would come my up with an idea. Them. Yes, your daughter was there. <laughs> and you tried to teach her to like guacamole. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and we learned this, you know, in that nine weeks, we learned to make several different things. We didn't have access to a stove, so everything was what can we make without having to actually cook it. And so we did a lot of different things. We did guacamole. We did salsa. Um, I baked a tres leches cake and then they did the final touches on it here. We did cookies, we did all kinds of different things like that. Um, I also had a, we also had one club where we were talking about card, card playing games and all the different varieties of games and strategy. So it wasn't just like an entertaining thing, but how thinking through it. I introduced dominoes, which many of the students had never played and it's another cultural thing. Um, so the clubs allow us to do things that interest the kids that we're familiar with. I did sewing club, knitting club, crocheting club. I like doing things. Yeah, it's fun. It's great. <laughs> it sounds delicious too. Uh, and you coach? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an assistant cross country coach. I like running out there with the kids. And then I am the head uh, tennis coach. So that's another busy. fun time to get to know <laughs> the kids and to hang out with them, absolutely. But coaching is just another window to getting to know the kids and what interests them and how to reach them. To it's teach another one of those dimensions like we were talking about. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really, really neat. All right, so uh, the class trips in grades five, really, through eight, uh, are well-known, exciting part of the school year. Uh, so what has been your favorite chaperone? You mentioned the trips earlier. Yes, we, so I've done both the 7th and the 8th grade trip. The 7th is when we go up to Virginia and Williamsburg and Jamestown. And then the 8th when we go down to Savannah and Andersonville. But, um, hmm, my favorite. When it's not too cold, I love going up to Williamsburg. Mm -hmm. I just do not like the cold, which is the fun <laughs> part about going south. Because <laughs> it tends to be a little warmer. Um, I love the uh, times when we're on the bus, whether we have a singing party or a trivia question and answer based on what we had learned. 
I like um, being in, in their little restaurant in the mornings when the kids come down for breakfast. Um, just talking to, to them. <laughs> it's just a lot of fun there. And I like when we go at night and we're telling them good night and we're taping them into their rooms, just seeing their tired faces, being the one that gives them the hug before they go. Go to bed. Yeah, neat. Again, another dimension <laughs> that not too many teachers get to experience. Absolutely. So it does. That's another way that's dark and special. Okay, what is your personal favorite place to travel? I love visiting new countries. Okay. And uh, I have uh, the opportunity to go to several different countries in Europe. And I think Edinburgh is one of my favorites. Ooh. I also love Vienna and well then see then there's Venice so <laughs> we'd keep going I love going to Guatemala just to I mean I love sitting in a park and just watching the people come and go mm. um, and having conversations with with them um, and I love the mountains and the beach so it's a little bit of everything, everything. You like to travel. <laughs> Love to travel. travel. Love to travel. Love to travel. one's perspective. That's absolutely, absolutely. And that was something that since, I mean, my kids were infants and we were traveling all over the world. Yeah. That's, I said, that's something we're going to do as a family. Gotcha. All right. So what's something about you that might surprise our listeners or something that most people wouldn't know about Christy? Something that people wouldn't know about me. Well, I learned English in high school. Okay. I was never an athlete growing up. <laughs> I learned to play tennis when I turned 40. Okay. And uh, I hated running. Let's see. Wait, but you coach tennis <laughs> and okay. cross country. Um, what else? I came to Rome because my husband was studying Spanish in Mexico. He was my boyfriend at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. I thought you were going to say, especially funny, because if you were not sort of a quote athlete, because uh, what I thought was fun at some point, you know, I learned about you is that you're very much a workout enthusiast. Oh, absolutely. You, I mean, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, there's an athletic club in your life that you teach fitness classes, etc., uh, etc. Et like you, you got energy to spare. I try to work out in the mornings around five in the morning. That's when I get my workouts done, and I do teach a couple of spinning and weightlifting classes. There you go. I suspect <laughs> most people didn't know that. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to share about um, your your your, uh, your experience here at Darlington or your department uh, before we we finish up? Well, I have loved my time here at Darlington. It has been you know challenging in different ways, always reinventing it. Even if I'm teaching the same class, I'm always thinking, how can I do it better? Because the, t the students that I have are totally different every year. So I never do the same thing. Even though we might be reading the same book, what we do or how we go about it is totally different. I love the ability to go to professional development. This summer is the first time that I got to present at a national conference where we had a lot of... Uh, people coming to me as the experts so that was very interesting to me but I love teaching it. some of the things we were just talking about earlier absolutely right? yeah. teaching mm -hmm. them how to do what we do here at Darlington so that is something that um, that I really enjoyed and that I hadn't been able to do until I came here that professional development to me is key to becoming a better teacher nice nice well and, so. um, you, you definitely make a huge impact here I've enjoyed my time working with you as department head um, we, we restructured department heads just a little bit a few years ago um, 
in terms of most department heads um, shifted to, to covering six through eight. Uh, but again, you were kind of different. Um, you were you were the really the only middle school teacher in our in our department head group uh, who is a department head. And so our academic leadership team is composed of department heads and some other people that support faculty. So um, I appreciate the perspective that you bring uh, to to that group and to the school um, and um, and you know the work you do on behalf of your department. So. I appreciate it. Appreciate you. Appreciate all your hard work. Um, and I think I say that on behalf of the whole community. Um, you know, you make Darlington a better place and I'm grateful for it. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity of being part of this and let's go change the world. Oh, let's do it. All right. <laughs> well, thanks for your time. Let's, let's get you off busy doing that. Thank you very much. <laughs> sure. And uh, thank you all for joining us today on the Darlington Podcast and stay tuned for more episodes highlighting our department heads in the future. Uh, tune in each week wherever you like to listen to podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. You can check out today's show notes the Darlington at darlingtonschool.org. A production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. questions about today's is a collaboration or ideas the communication episode, and advancement teams. Please send an email to And the intro music is alumni produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.darlingtonschool.org slash podcast.